We're going to continue um, in our series as we're um, in, the, in the Gospel of Luke. Um, and we're, uh, this Advent season, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to uh, 56. Um, and uh, I'm, not going to read, I'm not going to read all the verses, but I'll just highlight the verses as I go along um, in the message. Um, amen. Um, how many of us, when we come into the presence of someone, and we see someone, and we can tell there's something in our spirit that just we can tell there's something about that person that's different. That we have that, you, you look at them, and you can see something different about their lives. You can see that there's something in their lives where they've been shown somehow, some way, they've been shown favor. They've been shown, um, they've been blessed. Somehow, some way, they've been um, uh have a special thing going on in their life at that time. How many of us have been able to recognize that in someone? As we've come into their presence, as we've been there, and as we've been with them, we've been able to recognize who they, I mean, what, you know, God's favor in their life. We've been able to recognize favor in general in their lives. How many of us have been able to see that or recognize that in someone else? Think about that. Um, because if you look at that, um, God's favor, as we're going to find out, as we're going to find out in this, in the Word today, is was upon Mary. Elizabeth recognized that, and then Mary is able to uh, explain that and give glory to God, and then she, in turn, is able to go and be able to express the reasons why God has been so gracious to her. And so we're going to find out in this Advent season of two relatives, two cousins, um, coming together and rejoicing at what God has done. So let's get, let's get into the scripture passage. And we're going to look at three specific points here. We're going to look at um, Luke. Uh, we're going to be looking at, Blessed are you, and Mary said, for he has. Blessed are you. Now, Elizabeth, Mary had come, Elizabeth was at six months she was six months pregnant at this point. And she was with who? With John, present with John the Baptist. And so Elizabeth is able to um, go come and see what God's work was doing in her life. Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a, her in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. So here they are coming together. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit. So we look here, and here's two women, two family members, two cousins coming together, but they were able to, what? In the Spirit, and this is something that they are able to do, the Holy Spirit and them, and each one of them was able to recognize the Holy Spirit in the other. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying here, but they were able to recognize God's presence, God's power, God's favor in their lives, weren't they? Because look here. It says here, right here, it says, And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So who was in, who was in Elizabeth's womb? John the Baptist. 
And who was John the Baptist? John the Baptist was the forerunner who was going to go ahead of Jesus who was in Mary's womb. So, the, so John, the baby in John's, I mean in Elizabeth's womb, John was able to recognize as a baby while in utero was able to recognize the presence of the very God um, whom we all serve, who was Jesus in Mary's womb. And so she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So as Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, she recognized, without Mary even having to say anything, she recognized God's favor in her life. She was able to recognize through the power, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, she was able to recognize in Mary what was really happening. And that's part of what us as God's people, as we walk, and this is what we're going to find out, as you grow and as you mature and as you walk in your, in your relationship with God, you're going to find out that you're going to become more in tune with the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is, is that you'll have your, your Holy Spirit sensors on and your heart will be sensitive to what the move of God is and what the Holy Spirit is doing. So at this point, when Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, she was able to recognize in Mary what God was doing. And she was able to recognize God's favor. Now think about that. Have you ever been in the presence where you were someone else, another brother or sister in the Lord, and you recognized that God's favor was on them, that the Holy Spirit was working in their lives, and you knew it in your spirit without ever them ever saying a word. I've been there, I've, I've done that, because you're able to recognize it because your spirit's in tune with what God is saying, what God is doing through the spirit realm. And this is what was happening here. It's a whole spiritual, uh, it's a whole spiritual dynamic going on here, and I don't know if we fully understand it, but the dynamic was that when you're walking with God and you're walking in tune with the Spirit, you're going to recognize what the Spirit is doing and you're going to be able to see it in the lives of others. And so your Spirit's going to say, oh, okay, I understand what's going on. I've had those times where that's been in my life. You recognize in the Spirit because you're in tune with the Spirit. If you're out of tune with the Spirit, you're not going to recognize it. Because you're not walking with the Spirit, I mean, if you're not walking in the Spirit, at the time or the moment, you're not going to understand what God is doing. And so that's why, it's, and this is really important for us to understand and know, is that that's why we need to be in tune with what God's doing. That comes through prayer, that comes through uh, uh, having times of worship, private worship with God, times of private prayer with God, times in His Word. Because if you're in your Word, and His Word's in your heart, you're going to recognize what God's doing. If you're spending time in prayer, you're going to recognize what God's doing. Because you're in tune with what? The Spirit. You're going to recognize that. You're going to understand that. And, and, God, and God's going to speak to you. But if you haven't been spending time with the Lord, you're not going to recognize because the Holy Spirit can't speak to you because you haven't been spending time with Him. And you haven't been close to Him. And, and, and I've been there. I've been there in times where I, you know, I'm walking in, in with the Spirit, and I, I recognize, okay, God, this is what you're doing. This is, this is what's happening. There's other times where I 
you know, I, I haven't been spending time with the Lord, and I missed what God was doing. But because Elizabeth was in tune with the Spirit, she recognized what God was doing. And she, said, and she cried out with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Verse 43. And, it, and how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? So she recognized that what was going on here. She recognized the mother of my Lord. What does that mean, my Lord? That means my God. In other words, she recognized that the womb, that the child in Mary's womb was whom? The Messiah, the Lord. Her Lord. So again, there's a personal, and this is really important for us to understand, the personal pronoun is a simple, a simple word, a personal pronoun. M-Y. You see that in verse 43, right before Lord. My Lord. So there's a personal, well, we miss so often because we, we skim through scriptures, we miss the little things right there. But we see here that Elizabeth had a relationship with God, didn't she? Because she recognized that God was her God. And so therefore, if God was her God, God was in tune, God was speaking to her, and she recognized that the child that was in Mary, without Mary even having to say a word, was actually the Messiah, the Lord. And that's what happened. So she had a personal relationship with God. For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And, and even the child in her, it was John the Baptist, was leaped for joy. Because she recognized, even John the Baptist recognized in utero, in her in her womb, that the Messiah was in Mary. And that's, that's in the Spirit. And it says, And blessed is she who believed, verse 45, that there would be fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. What a wonderful thing. And, Mary, and Elizabeth didn't even know any of this. And so Mary traveled, this is probably a hundred miles from where Nazareth was to where the city where Elizabeth was. It was a, a probably a hundred mile journey. And you didn't walk this to, in, in these days. They didn't have Uber. They didn't have transportation. Probably a donkey or whatever. But they, there's probably close to a 90 to 100 mile trek. And here <coughs> Mary did that. From northern Israel to uh, about 30 miles south of, of Jerusalem. So... Uh, this is a long journey, but the reality was is that um, God had her do that because they could share in their joy together. But also um, that um, Elizabeth was able to confirm with Mary, without even having to say a word, that um, there would be fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. In other words, Mary didn't even know. We at least we don't have record that Mary that Elizabeth had communicated with. Mary prior to this. But Mary, but Elizabeth just knew from the Spirit that who the baby that was inside of, of Elizabeth, I mean Mary, was uh, a supernatural thing. She didn't even know how it all came about. And she didn't even know, and here she says, who believed what would be fulfillment of what had been spoken to her. She didn't know what God spoke to her. But how did she know? How did she know those words? Because the Holy Spirit had spoken to her and told her, told Elizabeth. 
But also, listen to Elizabeth, listen to Mary. This is really, really, really important. Let me ask this question. How many of us have God has told us to do something? And some of us may think, no, God's never spoken to me. He has. It's just whether we have recognized it or heard it. In other words, if we've been in tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying. God speaks all the time. All the time. And He speaks to us. It's just a matter of we're in tune with what He is saying. And if we're in tune, we're going to hear. And then Mary was in tune with what God was saying. We looked at this last week, and she heard, and then what happened? She believed. And that's the key thing, I think, for each one of us. And this is a key point. When God speaks and we hear what God is saying, do we believe what God is saying? Even if it's a miracle, even if it seems like something that is beyond comprehension, something beyond something that's ever happened before, something that's out of the realm of possibility, something that can never even happen, do we really truly believe that that can happen when we hear God speak, do we? I know sometimes it's hard because we're we're finite people, we're natural people. We we like to see things in concrete terms. And when we look at in the spiritual realm, things are not always in concrete terms because things are out of the realm of our out of the box thinking. What was told Mary was out of the box thinking, wasn't it? Sure was, because nothing like that had ever happened before. So the reality is, is that Mary, Elizabeth recognized that Mary was blessed. For what reason? She recognized that Mary was blessed because she believed what God had told her. And that's really critically important for us in our faith, folks, is that we believe what God tells us. Because when we believe what happens to us from God, we are blessed and we find what? Favor in His eyes. Because look here, it says, and blessed is she who believed. Why was she blessed? She was blessed, of course, because she was God's child, but she was even more so because she believed what God had said. She believed what God had said. Do we believe what God tells us? Do we believe what He says? And that's critically, critically, critically important. Do we believe, if God made us a promise, do we believe He's going to fulfill that promise? Notice what it says about Scripture and His Word. It says His promises are what? Yea and Amen. That means yes and Amen. Yes and it will happen. And that's what we need to bank it on. If God says it, folks, we need to believe it. And when we believe it, we're going to be blessed and we're going to find God's favor in our lives and we're going to be used by God in supernatural ways that we could not even imagine. You know, I want to be used by God in supernatural ways. In the little things and the big things. But in order for me to be used by God, in order for us to be used by God, we have to believe Him in the little things and the big things. But it starts with the little things. So when God speaks to us, in little ways, and he tells us things, we need to believe them. And then that's how, as our faith grows, we're going to be able to trust him what? For the bigger things, won't we? Absolutely. 
And so, and then when we do that, you're going to start to see God's favor more and more and more and more and more and more and more in our lives. And see, that's what Elizabeth saw. Elizabeth saw a, a, a young lady who was probably 15, 16 years old with God's favor in her life because she trusted God. She believed God. And as a result of that, God's favor was upon her, upon Mary. Well, let's go on here. And he, uh, in, in verse, in our second point, and Mary said, and Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord. So Elizabeth recognized God's favor in Mary's, in Mary's life because of her obedience to the Lord. In her spirit realm, she was able to recognize that. Mary, watch what Mary does. See, Elizabeth is able to recognize Mary in the spirit. And Mary is able to recognize who? God. In her life. Mary knows and understands God's favor in her life. But what does Mary do? What is the first thing that she does? Is that she does worship. She worships God. Because of God's favor and God's work and God's hand in her life. She recognizes that her, God's favor in her own life. That she, God has, has, has blessed her in an enormous way that she's carrying in her womb the Savior, the Messiah of all humanity. God himself. And she recognizes that. And what does she do? She says, and my soul exalts the Lord. My soul exalts the Lord. She recognizes that and she exalts God like the angels in heaven. You think the angels sing like this in heaven? Oh, bless you, Lord. Oh, you're so good, God. You're such a nice little God. No, they exalt God with the, from the very soul of their depth of their being. What do you think Mary was doing? She was exalting God from the very soul and from the very depth of her being. Because God was working in her life in a supernatural way. And, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Look at this. Again, it's that little word right there. M-Y. And my spirit, in other words, the Holy Spirit inside of her, has rejoiced in who? God who? My Savior. Personal pronoun. It's really important, folks. We don't miss those little personal pronouns. My Savior. It was her God. And she was exalting in her God. And her, it shows her relationship, her Savior. She was calling him Savior before he even died on the cross, folks. My Savior. Mary was calling the child in her womb her Savior. Look at that. And that's, and that's ownership. My Savior. My God. He's my God. My God. My Father. My Savior. My Lord. And that's the way we have to approach our faith. It's because it's not, we're not doing it out of duty or obligation. Again, I was raised in a church where it was done out of duty and obligation. Not out of a faith and a love relationship with a living and true God. My God, my Lord, my Savior. And so Mary recognized God's favor in her life and she worships God. She worships Him. And that should be our response too. God, your favor, your hand is on my life. God, 
I bless your name, God. I exalt you, God. You're my God. You're my Savior. And I bless you. And I worship you. That's why we say Christmas carols. Not just because they sound good. Because we worship God. If you look at those hymns, all the hymns we sung, they're, they're about worshiping who? The newborn king. The newborn king, Jesus. It's about worshiping him. Not just meek and mild. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You're such a good God. We love you. No, they bless the Lord with all their heart. When David worshipped God, he was at one point when they're bringing the ark into Jerusalem. And what was he doing? He was dancing in his underwear coming into Jerusalem. His wife teased him about it. He says, no, I'm going to worship God. Because the ark is finally coming into Jerusalem. I'm not, I'm not proposing people worship God in their, in their underclothes. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is the enthusiasm. I'm saying the enthusiasm in our hearts before God should be, it should be with all of our heart, with all of our passion. All that's in us. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, what? Bless His holy name. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Verses 48 to 56. For he has regarded the humble, verse 48, the humble state of his bond slave. So Mary exalts the Lord. But why does she exalt the Lord? Number one, it's because, she's, because he is her Savior. But number two, she's going to go, number two is she's going to go through a list of things that she's going to exalt God for. What was one of the things that, that um, that God was upset with Israel for uh, throughout their years and throughout their walk with God. You look at it, you know your Old Testament, you walk through your Old Testament, and you see, often they complain. Often they complain about what God had done. We don't have enough bread. We don't have enough water. But this is not, not good enough. And when God had given them the very best that He wanted them to have. Rather than Worshiping God, saying, God, thank you. Thank you, God, we worship you. God, we worship you. David recognized that. That's why we have all those wonderful psalms. David was a worshiper. Wasn't he? God had given him a gift of music that he was able to worship. You know who was the, you know who was the leader of worship in heaven? Lucifer. Lucifer was a leader in worship in heaven. People don't, a lot of people don't know that. Lucifer. He fell from heaven. He was a leader in worship. If you go and look in your scriptures, you'll find it. Uh, how, do you, how do you do some homework? Do your Bible homework and you'll see. But he fell from heaven because he wanted to be higher than God. And he's turned what God meant for glory and praise to him now into something that it's totally contrary to what God would have in some respects. Where God intended music to be a, a form of worship to him, the enemy has turned it into something that uh, can be used and can be detrimental. doesn't have to be, but he, that's what he tries to do sometimes. But the reality is, is that God has created music for worship for him. And, that's what, and, and for honor for Him, and for joy for Him, and to glorify Him, and to honor Him. And we should use that. 
to honor and glorify and give him praise. But look at the scriptures here. Let, uh, let's, go, let's, let's go through the list of the things that God has done. Listen, this is a part of the Magnificat. Uh, this is a, a, a form of praise and worship that Mary had given um, unto God. This is verses 46 through 56. And this is a famous piece in scripture. But it's Mary's form of worship. She starts by worshiping and praising God um, and exalting God. And then Mary goes through the list of the things that God has blessed her with. Uh, he has regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will call me blessed. So what has God done? God has, and I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to go through uh, these in great detail, but he's had regard for her humble state of his bond slave. In other words, he had regard for Mary. So he's thank, she's thanking God for what? That God recognized her. That God even took notice of her. That God would even work in her lives. How many of us are at all sometimes to think that God would even work in our lives, that God would even have a humble notice in our lives? I'm the youngest of ten. Not from a big family. I mean, I am a big family, but not from a family that had any money, any notoriety, any of that. Why would God pick John Williams, the last of the Mohicans in my family, to know and to love the Lord Jesus Christ? I don't know, but somehow, some way, God in His mercy showed me mercy and recognized me in my life. Recognized me. Little old me. I'm not anything special. I don't have a lot of special gifts that I can offer. But somehow, some way, God showed me mercy and He recognized me in my life. He's recognized each one of you. That's why you're here today. Each one of you has been recognized by God and are special in His eyes. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here, would you? Think about that. Recognize little old us, each one of us. Think about us. Think about what He's done in our lives. Um, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. She recognized what God had done for her. God allowed her to bear the son of the, uh, the Savior of the world in her. So she recognized God's greatness in her life. She recognized the great things that God has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. We all know that hymn. The popular hymn. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. How often do we take time to count the blessings in our lives? Even the little ones. Where, where God puts an angel in front of our car going down the highway and somebody cuts in front of us and God puts an angel in front of your car so you don't slam into the car. Happened with my wife. Travel on 295, enough in traffic, you'll know. God's protection. God's protection. I'm seeing angels. God's protection. How many times do we recognize God for that and thank Him for that? Un unseen blessings in our lives. God's hand in our lives. That He has taken the time and He's done great things for us. He's, he's provided for us great things. That we, He's given us the ability and the intelligence and the skills and the wherewithal to be able to do our jobs. I'm a social worker by trade. 
I work with people. I've always worked with people. That's the gift God's given me. I'm a pastor too. I work with kids and I work with troubled kids. But that's a gift that God's given me that I'm able to do. Not everybody can do that. But we all have our own gifts and our own unique talents and our own unique abilities. But God's done, that's a great thing that God's given me. But God's given us great things, hasn't he? Think in your life about the great things that God has done in your life that he's given you. Name them. He's given us great things. Joshua played a wonderful piece of the piano. I can't play a lick of music. That's not my gift. But for young Joshua, that's a wonderful gift that God's given him. I can't sing. They used to call me Johnny in the Deftones. Can't hold, a, can't hold music. Can't hold a, a chord at all. But the reality is that I, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed in other areas. Same thing with us. Other people, we're, we're, I'm not good at, I'm not good at, I'm not well organized. But there's other people who are well organized and they're sharp and they're gifts and they're able to do things. And they're gifts that God has given us. God has done great things in our life and blessed us with great things in our life. We have homes. We're the wealthiest nation in the world in the, in the history of the world. People don't recognize that. United States, we have more resources and more finances and more material things than any in the history of any nation in the world. Think about that. We don't think about that. We take that for granted. I lived in third world countries when I did missionary work. And believe me, we have a lot more than what people think. God has done great things. God has blessed us materially. Think about that. Three squares. I, I was, I, when I was working in Romania, there was a, there were kids there, church program, where kids would get meals after church. That was the only meal that they had. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a bowl soup. And that might be the only meal that some of those kids got. Think about that. God's done great things. God has done wonderful things in us. And we need to recognize those things. Um, um, and his mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear him. How many of us, his mercies are new, new every morning, greatest is what? Faithfulness to us. God, thank God for what? His mercies. How many of us receive mercy every day? We are here, I'm here because of God's mercy. I should have been, I, sh I, sh I share this over and over again, I should have been dead at least four or five times over. Literally. Literally. Because of accidents that I, where my life was sitting in front of a, a 1968 powder blue T-bird with a bumper, big old car, right in front of me like that. I was 10 years old. Big car. And the car stopped right there. Right there where my hand is. I could have gone through a windshield in a van, in a car, and my sister just happened to grab me. Because the car it, it, it ran into a big old oak tree and blew out in the tire. My sister was sitting behind me, and the motor was in the middle of the car, in the middle of the van. And my sister, Maureen, pulled me back. I'm going through a windshield. I got it grazed, my head grazed the windshield, but I could have been killed at that moment. That's just a couple of them. But I think of God's mercy. God preserved me. Think about how God preserved each one of us. God showed mercy to each one of us. Donnie shared a story this morning about her house. 
And the reality was, if God showed us mercy, has He? He showed us mercy. Thank God. Take time to thank, worship God for what? His mercy in our lives. His favor in our life. His things, His truth in our life. Mary is recognizing all the great things that God has done. We need to take the time to do that. Because people who are used of God are able to recognize and understand and see how God is working in their lives. And they're able to recount and they're able to look at and they're able to, to go and be able to share. Yes, God, look. He has done, verse 50, 52, 1. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud and thought of their hearts. He's done mighty deeds. God's done mighty things in our life. He's done wonderful things in our life. He's done mighty things in our life. Mighty things in our life. Think about the mighty things that God has done in each one of our lives. Mighty things. Think about them. Think about it. He's brought down rulers from their thrones. He exalted those who are humble. He's raised up those who have been humble. He's filled the hungry with good things. He set away the, the rich empty-handed. He's filled the hungry. Those who have been blessed are they that hunger and thirst. And this is part of the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for what they shall be filled. So in the spiritual sense, he's not, he's not talking about this physical food here, but what's he talking about? He's filled the hungry with good things. So in other words, those who really hunger for God, those who are really thirsty for God, those who really seek after God, are going to be filled. Why? Because they find what really matters. Because they hunger for what's really not. Food, you're, you'll be... My, it's funny, because my kids eat, and you know, I'm sure those of us who raise teenage boys, or are raising teenage boys, know that you can feed them, uh, and within five minutes, they'll say they're hungry again. Right? The food comes, and then it goes, and my boys are like that. I fed my son dinner, like, and within ten minutes, he said, Dad, can you have a little more snack? I gave him, I gave him a hefty plate, too, of food for dinner. I'm hungry. Food comes and then it goes. That's true. I'm just saying. I'm just, but my point is, is that you have physical food, it's going to go, and you're going to be hungry again. But when you have the spiritual food, in other words, when you hunger and you thirst for righteousness, you're going to be filled, and you're not going to be filled, you're not going to be wanting I'm hungry again, I'm hungry again. Because God fills you. God completes you. God gives you what you need. And he gives you what you really need. We need physical food to survive. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is that when we hunger and we thirst, we hunger and thirst for what really matters. Let's go on here. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. In other words, God has given help to Israel. Who is Israel? Israel is known as who? Is it the nation of Israel as we know today? No, it's not a physical nation. The nation of Israel is God's people. That's what he's saying. The nation, we are God's people. He's given what? He's given help to his servant. How many of us have received help from the Lord? I have. I've received it all the time. He gives me help all the time. The Lord's my helper. All the time. I receive help all the time. Not only just for me individually, but for all of us, for his people. We are his people. Aren't we? We are. 
And he's given us help all the time. We need to remember these things. Verse 55, and, and he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. If you look at, I'm not going to go there, but if you look at Genesis chapter 16, talks about the covenant that God made with who? With Abraham. That he was going to be the father, what? Of a great nation. And I'm sure Abraham was just thinking, maybe in just physical terms, coming from his, coming from him. But the reality is that that was going to be going beyond even just physical terms, but even in the spiritual realm. And God was, in other words, he's making his covenant. And God was going to fulfill his covenant. And God was going to fulfill his plan. And his plan was going to be not just for Abraham and his descendants, but in the physical sense, but his descendants in the spiritual sense. Because what does it say about Abraham? If you look at, if you look at um, Hebrews chapter 11, it, which is the, uh, the faith chapter, it talks about Abraham. And Abraham was known as what? One of faith. He was named in that chapter. And he believed God when God told him to offer and sacrifice his son. God saw that Abraham believed God. And as a result, we are all recipients of his faith. And, that, and Jesus was a part of that. And a fulfillment of that. Uh, and Jesus was the part that uh, was the spiritual part that was going to be fulfilled in us. And you look at all these wonderful promises, and Mary recognizes, and if you, and this is just a little side note, all these scriptures, so I did my homework on these, all these scriptures that Mary is quoting from here, all these blessings, are all from scripture, guys. All from scripture. Everything that she would say, Mary knew her word. Mary knew her word, and her word, the word that they had back then was the Old Testament. And all the things that she's saying there are all, you'll find them, in Old Testament. And Mary was just quoting back to God Scripture. And exalting God with Scripture. And worshiping God with Scripture. And recognizing what God had done. And what God is doing. And the reality is, folks, is that we need to recognize what God is doing. We need to see it in others, like Elizabeth saw in Mary. And then Mary, we need to see it in ourselves and worship God. But then we also need to take a, a list. We need to put together a list and recognize the very things that God has done in our lives. And let us worship Him. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. When you remember what God has done, what does it do for your soul? It brings joy to your soul. Joy what? Joy to what? The world. The Lord has come. Who brings the joy? Jesus does. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God. And Jesus lives and, lives and dwells inside of our heart through his Holy Spirit. So the reality is, is that his joy is very present in our lives. Uh, his very presence in our lives brings joy. But we need to recognize the work that God has done in our lives and is doing. We really need to recognize that He is our Savior, our, our God. And we need to see that in others and rejoice with them. Elizabeth, rejoice with Mary. And we need to rejoice with others when we see it in others as well, don't we? Rejoice with those who, 
rejoice and weep with those who weep. When we see other blessings in others, we need to rejoice with them, just like Mary Elizabeth did. We also need to walk in His Spirit and rejoice and worship God. Because when we do that, that's when real joy comes into our heart. That's when we can experience real joy in this time and this Christmas season. That's why Mary could rejoice. That's why Christmas is so joyful. Why? Because they got people got gifts? That's why people think, well, well, I got a gift. That's why I'm happy. That's why I'm happy. You're happy. As happy and joy are two different things. Joy is an inner work in the soul. Happiness is because you got something. And then happiness goes and it's gone. Not that you can't be happy. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is real joy it goes deep down in your soul because of what God has done for you. And that's the reason why we celebrate this season. And that's the reason why Mary was celebrating here. And that's the reason why Elizabeth was celebrating here. And that we need to do the same thing too. Just take time to recognize all the blessings and the wonderful things that God has done in us, folks. And worship Him. Amen? Amen.